I V M. Folks, welcome to Besa Besa. I'm your host Anubam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and on today's episode, we have India's first, yes, first financial website, straight back from the 90s, Equity Master. Check out EquityMaster.com. And my guest is Rahul Shah, co-head of Research Equity Master. We're going to talk about what's happening in the markets, what's their outlook on the markets, how you should do equity research, some important tips for you, and much more. Right after this short break. And welcome back, Rahul. Welcome to Pesa Pesa. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Thank you, Anupam. It's a pleasure being here. So, tell us about EquityMaster.com. Some of our listeners might not have heard about it. I, of course, you know, it's I, it's among the oldest, most respected website when it comes to, like the name says, Equity Master. Tell us about it. Yeah, so Equity Master was, I think, founded back in 1996. As you rightly said, it was one of India's first uh, independent research houses. and i'm proud of the fact that we managed to survive in this cutthroat industry for more than 25 years now and that too on a subscription based business model which which is difficult uh, i think the key to our success is we've not been afraid to call a spade a spade when uh, the situation calls for it i guess uh, historically also you know we've not been hesitant to go against the crowd a striking example of that is back in 2007 2008 when reliance power ipo came i think it was the talk of the town everyone was you know uh, willing to subscribe to it and there was huge frenzy around it but when we did our numbers we realized that uh, you know the risk reward ratio is not in favor of investors and we were amongst the few research houses that gave an avoid on the issue because we felt that uh, you know the valuations were expensive and there was not enough money being left on the table for investors so that's a contrarian call uh, you know right there and recently also we've uh, you know again managed to take on- contrarian calls on IPOs like Paytm and Zomato Uh, these companies again we felt that uh, you know uh, the risk reward was not in favor of investors there was not enough money being left on the table for investors so it is these kind of contrarian calls uh, that have endeared us to our subscribers and that's one of the reasons we we've, we've been able to you know survive for so long uh, of course we made our, we've had our share of uh, you know mistakes uh, it's not that we've be, been right all all along we've had uh, wrong calls as well but i think uh, as far as the intentions behind those calls are honest and are unbiased subscribers uh, you know sort of forgive you for that they like uh, to listen to someone who's unbiased and who's honest and this is what you know we've done historically over the years and we would like to continue to do in the future as well yeah, i'm sure you <laughs> will tell us about independence and unbiased right that's important for people when they get their advice from somebody why you know and equity master is both of that tell us something about that so yeah you see uh, i think it was uh, the legendary jeff bezos who once said that you know you, sh- you should have a business model around things you should have a strategy around around things that are not likely to change in 5 10 or even 50 years from now and as far as research is concerned you know people uh, there are timeless ideas like honesty and impartiality that you should give to your readers you should have a win win business model where you know you benefit and the subscribers also benefit a lot of the business models in the industry out there are not win win there's a huge conflict of interest out there so we work towards removing that conflict of interest we've tried to make it a win win for both us and our subscribers and it has you know worked for us yeah and we know about how the conflict of interest arises at least with uh, the interested parties pump and dump schemes and all that Absolutely. we'll just spend 5 minutes so that our listeners know that what they should be cautious about when they're getting into this kind of stuff absolutely absolutely so how does that work i mean if someone offers you advice 
what's a good way to know that it's biased or when you know it ki acha isme kuch to jhol hai boss you know when someone is saying by xyz why you know how does one identify that i think uh, this business uh, the business of investing is all about trying to find the intrinsic value of a company and uh, you have to be willing to take as i said earlier willing to go out and give an unbiased opinion you have to do your research to be honest research so that's really important raul tell us about equity research the process maybe there are some listeners out there who want to do their own research what does it take and typically what's a good research process to follow when you're analyzing a stock or a sector where do you start for example so uh, i think uh, a very important saying in our field is investing is most sensible when it is most business like so uh, this is something that legends like warren buffett legends like peter lynch uh, you know have charlie munger have followed even uh, ben graham used to subscribe to this principle that when you're investing uh, it is very important to have a business like approach to investing uh, you should invest from the point of view that you are investing in a real business and when you invest in a real business the most important thing is you should be able to value the business so i think if i were to give you a one line answer of what what research is all about it is to find the intrinsic value of the business now what i mean by this is say there's a stock out there uh, tata motors it's currently trading at around 420 430 rupees per share should you buy or should you not buy the stock that all depends on the intrinsic value of the company the company uh, based on its past history based on its future prospects has a certain earnings capacity it has a certain earnings power and based on that earnings power you're supposed to value the company so if i do my research on the company if i look at the past history of the company if i look th- look at the future prospects and i realize that the company is worth 500 rupees per share so that's the value of the company and since the price of the company is lower than the value it's a good buy right now if you do your research if you figure out that you know the company is worth only rupees 350 per share which means that the company is expensive so research at the end of the day is all about finding the true intrinsic value of the company and once you do that then you're taking an informed decision on the company so the entire research process is around that one thing of that one uh, you know idea of finding the intrinsic value great you're also the editor of microcap millionaire so correct. that's a newsletter right it's a recommendation service it's a recommendation uh, service what are microcaps i mean let's just spend some time out there because there, there's always something so alluring about finding a stock when it is of a lower market cap lower valuation and then riding it all throughout like you said you know you find out that the intrinsic value of a stock is maybe 10 and you can see that the future value of it could be 100 and that's like a 10 bagger let's talk about microcaps for some time so microcaps typically of course there is no universally agree uh, acceptable definition of a microcap a microcap for me personally is a company which has a revenue of at least rupees 200 crores and uh, it's a fundamentally strong company it has a history decent history going back 5 to 7 years and plus uh, it of course it should not be a large company it should not be covered by a lot of analysts uh, see microcap stocks the reason i love microcap stocks is because uh, there is this information asymmetry that you can take advantage of when you investing in microcaps now what i mean by this is there are large companies like tcs tcs and infosys imagine these companies announce record breaking profits and because of these record record breaking profits you have to upgrade the share price of the company mm. now the moment these companies announce the record breaking profits there'll be hundreds of analysts covering the stock they'll come out with a report on the stock and suppose the the price of the stock is rupees 1000 because of these profits the stock price has to now be taken up for rupees 1200 rupees yeah. so that opportunity is not going to be there for, for a very long period the day company announces record breaking profits the next day or in a couple of days the price will shoot up to rupees 1200 and that opportunity will be gone in a couple of days if you consider a similar example in case of microcaps if 
uh, microcap announces record breaking profits if its price is price is rupees 100 and because of these uh, you know profits that the company has made if the price now if you think the company should deserve a price of rupees 150 that information asymmetry is going to remain mm-hmm. it's not going to go away because there are not a lot of analysts to covering that stock So this is what I love about microcaps that since not a lot of analysts cover the stock there's always this information asymmetry where there's something positive that happens around the company but the market is late in reacting mm-hmm. to it so you time and again if you do your homework on these microcaps if you keep a close watch on these microcaps you can take advantage of these information asymmetries but of course it's also a double edged sword because microcaps are inherently risky if you're not doing your homework right you can lose a lot of money as well but net net I think it's a good space to be in if you know No, the kind of companies that you're looking at, and if you keep a close watch on, you know, yeah. on this space. So let's talk about homework out here. Let's talk about the kind of research process because, like you said, this is a minefield. The thing with microcaps, I'm sure that even you would know, is that you might have some unscrupulous promoters who like to, you know, skyrocket the share price, and people and retail investors are kind of left behind in that. Maybe the fundamentals are actually good. Maybe they're not good. It doesn't take much to start a rumor in the market. So maybe some tips or some um, pointers to our listeners out here as to what is the kind of homework you have to do when it, when it comes to microcaps i think one of the big reasons people lose money in microcaps is they pay a lot of attention to the future potential and pay very little attention to the uh, you know uh, historical performance of the company if you have to choose between two companies uh, company a which has a shady past but which is expected to do big things in the future and the share price is likely to go up four five times versus company b which has a decent financial history you know the management has been good uh, the balance sheet has been strong but the growth potential is not that much i'll always ask subscribers to choose company b because uh, the past performance of the company has been great it has proven itself whereas the first company is has not been able does not have a sustainable business model because it's loss making just because its future is supposed to be bright you should not buy the story in my opinion uh, you should always uh, you know stick to the tried and tested companies when it comes to the microcap space companies with the proven track record with decent management with strong balance sheets is, is the kind of companies that you should choose in my view strong balance sheets so that's important right i mean any i would say any equity research should begin from the annual reports you think that's right absolutely absolutely yeah. so you should be looking at what last 5 years annual reports dig down into that look at what kind of ratios or trends or what kind of analysis would you do so if i if i were to give you some broad numbers what i typically look at is company should have at least a history of 7 to 10 years with maybe one or two uh, years uh, i i'll accept if the company is loss making for a couple of years beyond that i will not uh, you know consider the company so over the last 10 years if it's uh, been loss making for one, one or two years that's fine uh, it should largely be profit making and it should have some kind of growth i'm not saying that very high growth uh, if even if the growth is in the range of you know 7 10% that's fine by me and the most important thing is seeking a margin of safety in valuations when you are investing in a micro cap you know if you think the company is worth 120 rupees uh, do not buy it at more than 90 to 100 rupees you should keep keep that big gap because uh, microcap companies are risky uh, they are they do not have resilient business models so in order to save yourself from you know big capital loss you should insist on a big margin of safety so for a large cap like say tcs or infosys or any other company the margin of safety even if it's to the extent of 15 20% is fine yeah. but for a microcap i think you should keep a larger buffer have a margin of safety of at least 40 50% and do you think that in this market or you know throughout your career you've seen plenty of such examples yeah but they Uh, tend to come in bunches mm. uh, they so there will be periods when large number of decent quality microcaps will be available at throw evaluations and there will be periods where you have to be careful uh, you have to be careful uh, in the sense that even if the microcap microcap companies that are available and they appear cheap they could be value traps so this this is a very important point that you should keep in mind 
when the markets are attractive when the markets are down there will be a large number of companies which are good companies that you can buy but when the markets are near their all time highs then then you should be careful while in, uh, investing in microcaps because just as they go up the most during a bull market they also fall the most during a bear market mm. so when you are at the top of a bull market you should be careful of investing in microcaps what, what what are some warnings out here like would you because this is a, the era of social media you never know you know if somebody wants to as they say chala was talk to kuch bol denge twitter pe yahan wahan pe you think there are some you know red flags that one should be careful of So what I have usually done is I don't invest in microcaps unless they are available in single digit or low double digit price to earnings ratios or below book value. Once you do that, I think uh, you've taken care of a large number of value traps. Uh, the company I do not look at companies which have a balance sheet of anywhere between a debt to equity ratio of anywhere between any uh, of more than point five times. So these are the two three important things that you should you know always keep in mind. Uh, even if a good micro cap is available at a price range is multiple of 20 25 times i will not touch it because yeah. i need that big margin of safety so you should uh, be mindful of the valuations that you're paying uh, the balance sheet of the company and the financial history of the company these three things you should i think are very very important yeah folks so that's just minimum three things that's if i make a list of probably 10 20 things so absolutely, these are just some very basic pointers yeah. for you to yeah, yeah. uh keep in mind when you're doing research on a microcap um please don't consider this as specific investment <laughs> advice <laughs> for that you should subscribe to equitymaster.com <laughs> and raul spoke about how um microcap prices move in a certain you know all of them move together or there are some periods of up and down we're going to talk about exactly those periods in the market what's happened in the market in these last couple of years and what's rahul's outlook in for the future right after this short break and welcome back now let's make some sense of what's happened in the broader markets in these last two years you know ever since the pandemic started in march 2020 you had the markets dip by 40% nifty was really sharply down then you had this big move up and now i think you know let's hope that the pandemic is over or at least at at, at the last stages i want to um get into this discussion on the markets in two questions one is the past and one is the future so let's just try and make sense of this past that's happened because every year there's some new dhamaka first you had the <laughs> pandemic then you had the second wave this year you've got a war so tell us about that So I think there are different approaches to investing in the market as they say there are different ways to skin the cat investing cat uh, my approach is based on my own experience in the stock market you know I've been in the market for more than 15 16 years now and what I've realized that uh, no one absolutely no one has any idea what's going to happen in the market 1 to 2 years down the line and uh, secondly is you should always be prepared for a large and disturbing decline in the stock market and uh, sometime in the near future that's almost certain you know every few years there's going to be a big crash in the market plus no one has any idea of what the market is going to do and when you you know have these two principles what is the strategy that you should adopt so the strategy that i adopt is since i know that there's going to be a crash in the market you know any time in the future and i don't know the timing of it so what i do is if i have 100 rupees i keep 25 rupees uh, in bonds or in fixed deposit and since you know a crash can take a long time to come uh you know it may not come for the next 3 5 years so i keep another 25 rupees in stocks at all times so this allocation is sacrosanct i do not change it 25 rupees in stocks at all times 25 rupees in bonds of fixed deposits at all times remaining 50% i play depending on the market valuations so if i were to give you an example you know back in january 2020 when the market was at its peak it touched 40000 
uh, I had asked my subscribers to be 75% in cash and only 25% in stocks because oh. the markets were expensive from a price to earnings multiple perspective. This gave us fantastic opportunity to invest in bargains when th- the 40% crash came because of the coronavirus pandemic. So in you know April, May period onwards, I had recommended my subscribers to increase allocation to stocks because the markets had become uh, attractive. Then again, it went up you know one way till the till uh, Diwali of 21, 20, I think October November 21. Yeah. Then uh, when I looked at the valuations, I again saw that the markets are expensive. So I asked my subscribers now to pare down exposure to stocks. So I asked them to bring it down to 50-50, 50% stocks, 50% cash. And this has been my strategy all through. Periodically, you look at the stock market valuations and then you change the allocation, toggle between stocks and bonds based on the broader stock market valuation. And the beauty of this approach is, you know, the number one mistake that people make when investing in stocks, they take a large exposure to stocks when the stock markets are up all-time high. And they get scared or, they, you know, they panic when the markets, you know, fall 20-30% and they move money out of the stocks. Sensible investing will ask you to do the exact opposite. When markets are down, you should pump more money into stocks. And when markets are up, you should, you know, take money off the table. So what this strategy does is allows me to do this right thing from a long-term perspective. Mm. And I think it's a very sensible strategy for any retail investor to follow. And it it, it does away with all the janjat of, you know, trying to time the market, trying to use, you know, understand what kind of macro event is going to cause what kind of damage to the stock market. So this approach of toggling between stocks and bonds based on broader market valuation, I think, is, is a very effective approach in my view. So, okay, Rahul, let's talk a bit about positioning in this market. How do you approach the markets, you know, when it comes to things like asset allocation and figuring out how much to put in the market, cash versus positions? Let's talk about that. So it's not a positioning for the next two, three, two, three years. I think... Uh, you should look at your allocation once every six months or one year. So for the next six months, at least I'll be 50-50 between stocks and bonds. Uh, the markets are expensive. I think uh, on the Sensex, we are at a PE of around 23-24 times, uh, which is not which is expensive, but not that expensive, crazily expensive. Uh, long-term average is around 20-21 times. So it's just 5-10% expensive. So this, I think, is a good time to 50-50% in both in stocks as well as bonds. And I'd like to keep it this way for at least for the next six to nine months and then maybe take a call based on where the markets are. Okay, so for someone who's absolutely brand new to markets, um, that's a recommendation as of now. My question to you is, first, you know, what would be your advice to someone who's investing in equities for the very first time? What are maybe a few pointers for him to know about himself or about the markets before investing and jumping in? So I'd once again go to uh, Warren Buffett. He's often heard saying that if he were to take a finance course, investing course, if if he were to teach an investing course, it will have only two lessons. And these lessons are how to think about market prices and how to value companies. And I think I can't agree with him more. The the famous, the uh, analogy of Mr. Market that he often gives, you know, Mr. Market is this moody fellow which will uh, give you prices from time to time. When he's sad, when he's depressed, he'll give you very low prices and you should be f- greedy when Mr. Market is fearful and you should be fearful when Mr. Market is greedy. So back in, uh, d- again, go back to Jan 2020, Mr. Market was quite greedy. So it was time to be fearful and, you know, uh, sell to Mr. Market, sell stocks to Mr. Market. When the markets fell 35-40% after the coronavirus pandemic, Mr. Market had become fearful. It was time for you to turn greedy and, you know, buy stocks from Mr. Market. So you should always keep this in mind, uh, the the story of uh, the, the fable of Mr. Market. So how to think about market prices, that's very important. Uh, and second is, of course, how to value businesses. You should start uh, maybe with some basic book on valuation and then uh, it will come with experience, I guess. Val- valuation 
Valuing companies is not 100% science. It's mm. also an art. And it'll come with experience. But at least start start valuing simple businesses. And as you understand investing more and as you read more, your experience will grow and then you'll uh, be able to conduct uh, more sophisticated valuations on companies. So these two things are very, very important. Sure. Know how stock, stock prices be, uh, behave in the market, how prices behave. That's very important. Second, you should know how to value companies. Okay. Any favorite books or any, you know, uh of i mean you you spoke about warren buffet you spoke about charlie munger you spoke about benjamin graham so any mm-hmm. book recommendation for our listeners so uh, in order to uh, you know understand the nature of the beast that is stock market i would recommend intelligent invest that's my all time favorite book uh, in, it's not an easy read it's a very heavy read but uh, you know uh, you should try and read it and when it comes to valuations the book that has had the biggest influence on me is uh, a book by a professor columbia business school professor bruce greenwald uh, titled is value investing from B- buffett and beyond mm. it gives you a very simple and a very nice framework on how to value companies so this is the book i would recommend to any beginner uh, if he sure there you go folks so that's those two very good book recommendations last question raul you've written about eq over iq while choosing stocks and i think i kind of get what you're talking about because eq is is emotional quotient and iq is investing quotient i guess when we spoken about lot lot about numbers and valuations and annual reports and debt equities what's eq so i think uh, this business is all about earning that alpha right i mean uh, if even if you do nothing and invest in a passive fund you learn your 14 15% over the long term now the entire business of investing is earning 2 3 or 5% is more than 15% in the stock market long term you know if you are on 19 20% over 15 20 years will be considered a god now how do you earn those extra 4 5% returns there are three ways of doing it one is you work harder than everybody else but that uh, method is physically very very exhausting you know peter lynch i know was one of the hardest working fund managers ever but he had to retire at 48 49 years of age because he was working very very hard second is if you want to outperform the market you need to be smarter than all the other investors out there you need to have that wisdom you need to uh, read a lot and that's warren buffett and charlie munger playbook i think those guys are full of wisdom you listen to them for one hours and uh, you know you'll come up with you know some earth shattering insights yeah. the third approach is uh, emotional have a strict discipline and a strict process and stick to it and this is what eq in, emotional uh, eq is all about it is often said that in the world of investing uh, it is not the smartest smartest investors who you know often end up outperforming the market it is usually the investors who emotionally who are emotionally very strong they have a process and they stick stick to it come what may and even peter lynch says that in the stock market the most important organ in the body is not brain it's your stomach it's your gut <laughs> so the ability to keep your emotions under check to have a to have that emotional resilience is very very important uh, have a particular process you stick to that uh, you know process with a lot of discipline that that's the most important thing in investing in my view and that's what eq is all about and on that note of being disciplined in your in- investing that is the wrap on this episode of paisa paisa my guest rahul shah co-head of research at equity master rahul thank you really thank you so much for doing this for our listeners Well listeners thank you so much for listening to this episode of Paisa Paisa if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network you can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com you can also follow us on our social media we are IBM podcast on twitter and instagram and if you want to reach out to me i am your host anupam gupta b50 on twitter folks thank you thank you so much for listening to Paisa Paisa